0: Welcome, everybody. Yankee Chronicles podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Donald, Rob, and Evan. And before we get into uh, my rant today, I just want to give you guys a heads up to check out statementgames.com. You can get a unique experience to fantasy uh, fantasy sports. And as always, check out DocOddinsBaseball.org and learn about the founder of baseball. So what's got me pissed off today are all these fans that all of a sudden, because these other teams are making moves, and Cashman's trying to strategically put a championship roster together and get these guys that have already been here, get into that, get them into that plateau of playing in a World Series. And these fans, I think, that Cashman is sitting around doing shit. right? Cashman is doing what he needs to do under the orders of the owner. He's working in their budget. And who knows if they're going over the fucking luxury tax because he's not going to show his hand, like Evan says, all the time. You're not just going to go and lay out your whole offseason plan before anything even happens, because then these scouts are going to try to handcuff the Yankees and get them to overpay. And just because Springer now is with Toronto, you know, Tampa, you know, is kind of showing us what, what they can do on, on a minimum budget. Padres made moves, Mets made moves. Who gives a shit? If you're that impressed with how those teams are performing, go root for them. Uh, who else wants <laughs> Who else has something? Jump in real quick,
1: Unless someone else wants okay, to, but um, it's the, the DJ LeMahieu contract alone shows why Brian Cashman is the best general manager in baseball. He used time as a weapon. And he got D.J. to take less money so that we could get other players. And people are going to now complain because we're not making these big, dumb contracts for a player like Springer. First off, Springer's numbers against us are horrible. He's batting under 200 in both the regular season and the postseason against us. So why are everyone freaking out? Oh, you rather he go to the Mets so we don't have to face him? It's not a big deal that we do. Okay, we faced him in Houston and we still almost beat him a couple of times. It's not a big deal. So if you look at what Cashman does multiple times, it's pretty obvious that he works really hard. The fact that we got D.J. LeMahieu the first time on a two-year, $24 million contract, when everyone was looking at Machado and Harper, shows again why he's the best general manager.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob or Don? Um,
2: yeah, I think this. we got two players in one day. And yeah, Corey Kluber hasn't pitched in a little while, but those are two impact players. Everybody wanted DJ back. That was the main goal this off bring back our best guy. He did that for a very, very good contract. And then he goes and gets a guy like Kluber, who's got a lot of upside if he pitches to what we know he can do. And the offseason's not over yet. You know, there are still a good amount of players out there that we could add to this team potentially for cheaper than expected and make this team better. And that's what fans don't realize. They want everything to be done so quickly because they see San Diego doing it. Toronto just finally made their first couple of moves yesterday by getting Kirby Yates and George Springer. They didn't really do anything all offseason, and now they make one big move and the fans are in an uproar. So it just comes with the territory of a Yankee fan. You know, a lot of them just, they, they want things done so quickly, but off season's far from over. We don't even know when spring training's starting, and there's still moves to be made, and Cashman knows that. So yes. I'm willing to be patient.
0: Some of us forget that there are 29 other teams that are also trying to win, you know. And we are not the only team that's allowed to make a splash, you know. And I think that's where – that's what's got me frustrated. That's what's pissing me off. It's not just the Yankees and everybody else. We like to think – we like to live in that world. We like to be able to just run over everybody, but that's not the way that's not the way baseball off seasons are structured anymore. Times have changed. We need to adjust we need to accept that. Donald
3: Yankee fans want everybody. I mean, every single signing that'll be made, there'll be Yankee fans going, why didn't we sign this guy? Why didn't we sign that guy? We couldn't sign this guy. It's just the way that they are. Uh they're programmed, they want everybody. Uh, I don't think the fans are calling in these these Phone lines or something complaining at this stage are a, a, a fair representation of, of the Yankee fan base because I think there's a lot of really smart and intelligent ones that, that know the game inside out. Um, but, of course, there's a the very vocal ones that are on social media that are always complaining and wanting this guy and that guy and this guy. It's just, it, it does come with the territory. Um, the way this offseason is going is exactly as we've talked about um, it requires patience, um, patience that we're not uh, normally attuned to having to provide. But it's uh, it is important to be patient in this off season. It's a different year. Um, everything's kind of a little bit different, and uh, these general managers are all working under um, you know what their bosses are telling them to do. So Cashwin is is working under Hal's instructions. Uh, he's not he's not uh, under any um, we we do any precedence to, to, to tell us exactly what he's doing. He doesn't have to do that. He shouldn't do that anyway, because if he does say, oh, we're working on our budget or, or we're saying we want this guy, we want that guy, is those teams are going to fleece us if he, if he does that. So he's keeping his cards close to his chest, as every very good businessman does. And uh, he got a very sweet deal with DJ Who Anybody complaining about DJ LeMayhew's deal don't know anything about the game. That's as simple as that. It's a fantastic deal. Um, and it was an example of how Cashman read the market very, very well. Corey Kluber, had we not signed Kluber, there's fans that are complaining we signed Kluber, had we not signed Kluber, fans would be going insane that we didn't sign Corey Kluber. Why didn't we sign him, right? So we yeah. signed him. So it does come with the territory. Um, I think we're in fine shape. There's a couple of things that what we need to work on. Um, I do want another couple of arms and I'd like a lefty bat in there before the season starts, but um, the main goal was to get a starter in and DJ Le Mayhew in. We got that done, so it's just, uh, you know, let's cool the beans a little bit and let's wait and see how this plays out. Anyway, a lot of moves were done last year right up to uh, spring training, so um, it, it does take a little bit of patience.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's you know the Yankee, the, the fans. We wanted these kids brought up. You know the Sanchez, Judge. You know Torres, Frazier. We couldn't wait for them to get their chance. But then when the other teams bring up their new toys, we want those toys. We don't want to play with our own anymore. We want what the other kid has. You know, and that's the other. That that's another thing that that just aggravates me. You know, enjoy. You know, we can only we can only root for the roster we have. You can't root for who might be a Yankee in three, five years, you know, when they hit free agency, you know, this team can accomplish a lot. And we, you know, you can't just sit back and watch idly. Maybe you're watching inning here or there, but then when they go into the postseason, you're the first one in line to buy tickets, get out of the line. We leave it for the uh-huh. rest of us that have that enjoyed the whole journey. The way I look at it, you have fans, I look at the baseball season like a cross-country road trip. You want to start in New York, you want to drive to California. You can't get in the car when we get to Las Vegas, and when we get to California, you go, wow, what a run. No, It doesn't (laughs) work. It's a good analogy. I like that. You already missed three quarters of the fucking journey, but come October, you're the biggest fucking fan in the world. That's the other group that I
2: That's that's true. And going back to what Donald was just saying about, you know, how fans, you know, complain when somebody gets signed It's like, why didn't the Yankees get him? Nobody wanted Jose Quintana. And now that he just signed, people are like, why didn't we go get him? That's a cheap contract. So it's just the way it works sometimes, especially in the social media age. People complain when they don't get somebody what they didn't want in the first place. Like if we don't sign Taiwan Walker, people are going to be mad that we didn't get a cheap starting pitcher. Quintana wasn't even on our fucking radar. Exactly, you know, and that's a guy that I've mentioned in the past is kind of maybe a cheap pitcher, and he only signed for eight million. So, Taiwan Walker might sign for something similar. And if we don't get him for a cheap deal, and he's a pretty decent starter, people might get mad about that. It's just how it works when they didn't want him in the first place, they wanted Joe Musgrove.
1: Look at the difference between Quintana's contract and what Adevido has. Who's more impactful on our team? I think Adevido's nine million is a better contract for us than a eight million for Quintana. And if you look at the fact that um, Kluber's only getting three million more than that, two years ago he was a Cy Young winner. You yeah, know, yeah. he's like we said, he's had two freak injuries. If he can stay healthy you just got a tremendous steal at $11 million, especially considering the fact that the reports have come out that he could have taken a lot more money from other teams and decided he wanted to, you know, come to the Yankees, prove himself, because if he comes to the Yankees and does really well and proves himself, it's it's the best team to do that on. It's the AL East, it's a hard division, and if he wins a World Series, other teams are going to look at him and maybe give him a two- or three-year deal. You
0: know, with the with the fact that, Toronto just made their move for Springer. Their offense is going to be lethal, you know, and they still need to, to pick up some pitching along the way. Um, is Toronto going to be able to hold out neck and neck with the Yankees and Tampa, you know, is it going to be a three team race or is Toronto still, they, you know, they still need a lot more on the pitching end? Evan.
1: Yeah, I think it was a mistake going after Springer for that amount of money because Bauer clearly would cost less. And I think their rotation has a bigger hole than their offense does. Um, I think they have the ability um, if they're, you know, three young guns uh, figure out what to do and start playing well. uh, That's a tremendous uh, offense, let alone. So I think, yeah, adding an anchor like Springer can be a good idea but when your rotation is that big of a question mark and you added a guy last year paying him, you know, significant money to be your ace when he's really a number three starter. And then you could get someone for probably cheaper than that this year in Bauer because he screwed up his whole market. I think that's the move they should have made. And I'm a little surprised that the Mets, after saying that they were going to spend all in this free agency, have only really bought uh, McCann. You know, their other move was for Lindor and they had to pay him $22 million but Cohen was saying the whole offseason that he was willing to spend the money. Well, then what happened with Springer? Because I really think if they had offered him maybe 2 million more, 5 million more, he would have gladly chose the Mets over the Blue Jays. I think he wants to live closer to Connecticut.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think with the Mets, I don't remember the numbers, but I think, you know, there was a year difference in the contract. Um, he got six from Toronto. I think the Mets offered five.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and I think it was five at 160 where Toronto gave six at 190 or whatever it was, you know, it was a, it was one year and it was, I think it was like 25, $30 million in that year was the difference. So I think that that extra year is what had the match back off. They didn't want to commit that long. Um, I just think Toronto needed to do something you know, because they have really sat idle lately and they've let their players develop, you know, where we see, you know, Biggio and Guerrero Jr., you know, Bichette, you know, and now with Springer in that lineup, uh, you know, Teosca Hernandez, you know, they can go neck and neck with the bat, with any team right now. But the Yankees need to kind of cross their fingers that Bauer signs elsewhere. If they're able to, to get the okay from the owner to put that money into a starter and they grab Bauer, I think that's the move that would have the Yankees in Toronto revitalize that rivalry and be, you know, down to, it can go down to the last game of the season.
2: Yeah, I agree. That. Um, they added to the bullpen already, and their biggest hole right now is the rotation. So if they add to if they get Bauer then they got a legit 1 2 points at the top of that rotation um and you can rely on Robbie Ray to be that you know number 3 or lower starter um but yeah their lineup with Springer is pretty lethal right now so and there's still there's still talks about them potentially getting uh, Brantley which I would hate that would be the worst that'd be bad for for us for our pitching staff and for the entire AL East cuz that lineup's already good and if they add Brantley then um They might have the best lineup in in the American League East.
1: I think Kirby Yates is a big deal for them, too. He only got like $5.5 million. You know, that's a pretty good contract.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know Kirby was a guy that, you know, I mean, I know you were hoping to add him to the road. I
1: I liked Kirby when he was here the first time, and I think he's improved tremendously. If you could bring that back, that would have been great.
0: Yeah. I I think when they, you know, when they made that move and they moved him out of New York and he was out of that, spotlight, you know, he was able to develop just a little, you know, fine tune his, his game a little more and really just stepped up and reinvented himself as a, as a solid bullpen arm. And it would have been nice to see him return to the Bronx fully developed. Yeah. You know, so do we still think that um, Paxton is an option for the Yankees.
2: You want to take that, Donald?
3: He's an option. I, um, I think that the Yankees would have shown more interest at this point, though, if it was, <laughs> if it was legitimate. Uh, I'm, uh, I think that we're moving on from him and Tanaka. Um, I, I'd miss Tanaka more. Uh, but I do, I do concede that uh, axon has got a phenomenal arm. It's just his injury history is, is what's kind of uh, been disappointing because there was a couple of legit games where he just looked like an ace. Like that one, that season start that you referred, referred to in a previous podcast, Robbie, it was phenomenal in that game. So, I mean, I, I don't have any ill feelings towards him. I think he was, he's, a, he's got a terrific arm. He's a good dude, it's just injury history is too much of a risk, and I I think that it's too much of a risk for our rotation. I'd I'd like uh, for us to acquire an arm that you can legitimately give us 200 innings without uh, an injury history behind them. Um, so I think, I I think, uh, due to our issues, um, with, with health both on the field and in terms of pitching, um. I don't want to keep adding to that, <laughs> so
0: I think uh, I think that's why we move on from Paxton. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I think he's going to be with that pitcher that's right at, at at the start of spring training is when the team's going to real you know they're going to have the pitches and catches report and before they start spring training games is when somebody will pick them up because they're going to evaluate where their staffs are and then they're going to look and see who's still available and I think Paxton's going to fall into that. Evan, do you think – so? you think I'm, I'm – Yeah, I, I think I'm right and
1: I'm, what I'm hoping for is that the market is so dead that we can pick up Paxton and Tanaka late for very cheap. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably unrealistic thinking. But if we can get one of those guys, it, it, it helps. We need another starter, and I'm comfortable with those two guys regardless of the injury history. It's only for one more year, uh, so maybe you do that. But it's a red flag that Tanaka is asking for one – year 15 to 20 million dollars we're not going to give him that we you no. know it's not going to happen if they want to come back they got to take under 10 million dollars each
0: yeah i would say at this point you know if you're able to quit grab grab kluber for 11 that's that really hurts the market for, for pitches like paxton because mm-hmm. you might not sniff 10 million now you know for those, you know, those the pitches coming back from injury, you know, um, you know, to put him into that category. Yeah. So the Yankees might be able to, you know, if it goes where the spring training is about to start and he's still available, you might be able to steal him for like a five or six million dollar contract.
1: Right. Which would
0: not be the end of the world. Kluber partially
1: got that deal because of his past reputation. I mean, this is a guy who works hard and is a, you know, Cy Young winner. Paxton doesn't have that resume. So you're not going to take that $11 million risk on a guy whose market seems dead. He's going to get something around
0: Quintana or less. You know, there there was a a lot that was going back and forth, you know, with, with DJ's contract and, some people think that, you know, the Yankees robbed them. You know, where we were saying this is the best thing that he could have done for the Yankees was be a team player and work with the team and focus more on stability rather than, you know, you look for location stability rather than financial stability. Because he's still not making a, uh, he's not making a minimum wage. You know, he's still, uh, his family's Gonna be set, but I think that also leads to Cashman if he's gonna need to go over the that tax threshold. Now he's got more, more in the pot to spread out for more more uh, options in the in the on the roster because you still have to replace Canley, so. Is that going to be, you know, is Chassey going to be able to bounce back and take that spot? Or is he going to have to, you know, go into the free agency pool or a trade market to solidify the bullpen? Because the bullpen is still a question mark to some people. I still think that some of the arms that we have, we don't know if Luizic is going to remain consistent or if he's going to be one of those bullpen arms that's on one year and off another, you know, we, we don't know, you know, Green sometimes, you know, we have to use him as a spot starter. So then you don't have him in a bullpen for a game or two. So I think Cashman really needs to, you know, shift his focus, you know, and multitask and not not solely on the rotation, but also look at the bullpen as well. Well,
3: I think that's like Cashman loves the, some of the arms that he's developing right now because I think he wants a couple of those arms to be ready for the bullpen. And I also think uh, the uh, free agent market is where you're going to get some terrific value for the bullpen arms because, um, you know, the market is really slow and you're looking at starters getting like eight million for one year deal. So the bullpen will be cheaper than that even. So that's uh, I think that's going to be a focus. But I really do think the Yankees want to use some of their farm system to put in the bullpen because they, they love some of their live arms that they have.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think Gill and Medina are definitely coming up this year. And I think the issue that we have in our offseason right now is other teams don't want to trade with us unless we give them something ridiculous. And if we go to the free agent market, we're going to go over the cap. So Cashman's trying to play, you know, in between both of those options and see which one's going to hurt the least. Um, I think free agency makes more sense at this point. If we can go out there, get one more starter in Brantley, for like 30 more million, um, go over the cap, call it a year, I'd be more than happy. I'm not sure that's what he's going to try to do.
3: Would that mean that we trade out of Vino's nine
0: million?
1: Contract? We would probably that's a possibility. have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's because I was reading some rumors that that's something. We but might they think. might not be able to move out of Vino just yet because they might want to see how he, you know, his value is not where it was when we signed him. Right. Oh, right. That is well. So oh, that's that. the tricky part, and I brought up with the bullpen with the the free agency pool because there's a player that I had in mind for for bullpen to bring back on a bullpen arm who pitched well for us and very familiar with the AL East. Would it be out of uh, out of left field to bring happen on a bullpen contract? <laughs>
3: Hell no, hell no. Hap, Hap's relationship with Cashman and Boone is
0: really, really bad right now.
3: No, there's no chance of that.
0: because I know I know you had mentioned on Twitter Ev, about bringing Hap back. So that that's oh, what okay. that, that's what led me thinking that if they bring him back, where would he be able to contribute?
1: I think that relationship is dead, like Donald just oh. said. Um, if you look at what happened last year, they basically said, okay, you're not going to play well, goodbye, in the middle of the season. Then he played well, and they still put him in a bad position in the playoffs. So it's like, if I was happy, I wouldn't trust this team. And okay. if I want to Remember get one, I would go back to Toronto. I would take, you know, a $2.5 $5 million deal, retire a Blue Jay.
3: Remember when Hop said that, that, that the Yankees were deliberately not starting him on occasions?
0: Yeah, they yeah, didn't want to give him the they bonus. Team. They basically admitted that they were.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, think he was, I think
3: the Yankees kind of put the ball in Hap's court when they were getting a barrage of criticism for the game two thing. They kind of put it on Hap uh, to have stepped up and have done the job. You know what I mean? So there's zero chance that, that he's coming back under any circumstances.
1: Yeah, and the frustrating thing, too, is. If you had moved out of Vino, say, over the weekend and we somehow got Castile, let's just say that was the deal that went through and you move out of Vino in that deal. You could have then gone and signed uh, Kirby Yates and it would have only cost a million dollars because we just, you know, got back to nine.
3: I think you could find better value than Aud- 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 out contract and um, free agency right now. Right, that's mm-hmm. my
1: that's my point. Is yeah. that I think there's several guys who you can get for well under that nine million. You can yeah. get a bunch for between five and seven.
3: And I oh, love yeah. all of no, him as exactly. done. I think his slider's yeah. phenomenal. It's just his command is an issue. Right, Rob, what would you do?
2: I w- I don't think you can trade him. Who's going to take him right now? He didn't have a good year last year. And if, like you said, if you can get better options for cheaper on the market right now, no one's going to take a nine million dollar contract. I think he's going to stay. Um, I expect him to have a bounce back year because that gives us four really good options out in the back end of that bullpen. If he bounces back, which he should, he's got right. the stuff to. It's like Donald said, just that command needs to be a little bit better. And he's going to be, you know, back to what he was his first year with us. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, he really like a cashman, really likes these young arms. We saw a lot of Nick Nelson last year. Um we're hearing a lot of stuff about uh, Krisky. We saw him, I think, a little bit last year. We still have Ben Heller. We have a lot of young arms that could come out of the bullpen for us this year. And it wouldn't be surprising if we did add another starter if they use Herman out of the bullpen as well.
1: Yeah. I, mm-hmm. And if if you did move Adevito in a trade, it would have to be similar to when we moved Chase Headley. You know, we added Brian Mitchell and they took him. Um, and gave us like a low-level prospect or whatever. It would be right. a deal like that where we're basically just getting someone to absorb the contract.
0: Yeah, I, I think the problem, is, you know, the only reason I can see that that Adervino is moved if they're taking a con- a bigger contract from another team. You know, so you know, you were saying with you know, reason that we was thinking about him with the Castillo deal. So if we were gonna say for argument's sake we were gonna you know they wanted to get rid of Eustachis's contract so they're giving up sixteen but they'll take back nine they're still lowering their payroll you know and I'm sure they'd rather pay the nine than the 16 so that's where that's where the trading gets that's where the trades get tricky and you know sometimes as fans we need to step back and like the GMs do what they're paid to do and trust that they're doing it the right way, you know, in the hope that it works out. There's a lot of factors involved, but the Yankees still need to get, they need to cut people off the 40 man to make room for these, for these players. You still need room for chasing Allen and Kluber. So somebody's, you know, it's going to suck, but we're going to see somebody go that we don't want to go. Well, DJ's included. Yeah.
2: He has to be add, re-added to the 40-man.
0: Yeah,
2: and yeah, I DJ. I think, I think Chassin was a minor league deal, so I don't think he yeah, really... Well, he's I a minor league, but
0: spring training. Yeah, I think Greg Allen's yeah. the other one. Because Greg yeah, Allen. Greg
2: Allen. All actions. Yeah, but like I, I've been saying a few times already, if we don't make any significant move, it's going to be moves where like we just trade for guys who aren't on the 40-man, with guys like Estrada and Floriel. They might have to go for lower tier prospects just to clear space yeah. if we can't make anything significant, which at this point, there's only a couple of names out there that would be an addition. Kyle Hendricks is probably the guy right now, now that um, Castillo's probably not getting traded unless that you know gets revisited and Musgrove's off the market, which I'm not upset we didn't get him yeah, or anything. Movie, but,
1: yeah. I didn't want Musgrove, to be honest. No. Yeah.
2: So I mean, it's probably going to be like smaller move, just to clear space. And then if we add another pitcher, it's probably going to be a starter because, you know, like mentioned earlier, there's so many guys in the system that could come out of the bullpen for an inning or two.
0: I think, you know, I really think they need to. It, it's got to be through the trade. I think that's where that that's where Cashman's lying in wait right now. He's trying to get the best package together where he's able to move prospects that will free up the forty man roster for the for the new the new acquired players. So and I think teams realize that, and that's what's holding back uh, that's what that's what's holding back any deals being being pushed through.
1: Well, and I also uh, think uh, is trying to evaluate which deal, which prospect would hurt us the least. You know, a trade, if you have to give up Clint Frazier, you will. But wouldn't you rather keep Frazier and Garcia and give up some of those other prospects so that we don't have a left field issue? That's what he's trying to do. So yeah. you know, unless uh, Ian Happ and Hendricks become an option, um, you know, I, I think we do have the prospects that he wants to push forward. Uh, I'm not sure what they think about Clint because there always seems to be a level of separation in that relationship. But I'm hoping that he can actually stay at this point unless we get Brantley.
0: Yeah, it's there's a lot left. You know, there's so many options out there. There's so many different ways that everything could be done, you know, and they just, you know, we just as fans just need to just let things, you know, unfold the way that they're going to unfold, because as much as we get aggravated as much as we try to to force our will on a team, they don't they're not listening to what we have to say. We don't. We have no stake in what moves they make, other than who we root. Which, who on the roster we're we rooting for? Are we going to be rooting for Fraser or are we rooting for Brantley? You know, is it Aravino or is it Castillo? You know, there's so many different options. You know, we keep getting ahead of ourselves and thinking that just because we pay attention as much as we do, that we know better. And that's not we a good
3: also, case. We also have to understand that every time Brian Cashman makes a call to another GM regarding yeah. a player, the, co- the cost of that player is up 50%, you know, at least yeah. in comparison to other teams that are calling regarding this player, you know. So Cashman has to deal with that. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficult position that he's in. Yeah, the teams them. don't want to help us. No, that's a fact. Whenever, whenever a team goes, oh, well, I want Gabriel Torres, they're not really serious about moving that player.
0: No, they, they just want to shut Cashman
3: up. Exactly. So I think that's what happened with the Castillo thing. So that's the kind of stuff that Cashman has to fight every day. And the fact that you get so much abuse, despite having to try and manage the expectations of win now and getting the player that will help us win now, but also protect our future, Um um, with the with the kind of quality arms that we have um, and, and, um, in the farm system, he has to balance that. And it, it's not an easy job.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, Cashman's at a very tough spot these last few wall seasons. You know, and I think he's done his job well enough to keep the team, a competitive team, deep for the postseason run. We just need you know, now he's gotta to try to focus on the best way to, to maneuver to get into that World Series plateau. That's been his hiccup through this whole thing. That's what's been haunting him. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the 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 hangover from Stick Michael anymore. This is uh-huh. all on him now. So that last championship run was still on the back of, of Gene Michael. So now this, this is, you know, that generation of, of players are gone. They've been gone. And Cashman's, you know, he's 2009 is not going to cut it for him. He needs to add another championship. or uh,
2: To be fair, uh, going into last year, injuries, you know, it really just, just killed yeah. us. I mean, it's not Cashman's fault. Severino was lost before the season. Uh, Paxton went down and was never the same player. You know, you lose Stan, you lose Judge. We lost Torres for a little bit. You know, but Sanchez it, was not close to what he could be. But is it you know, that on the way that roster is these players
0: brilliant. in? Isn't that the way it works? It's Cashman's fault. Because these were long a long.
2: lot of those guys.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, this is this is just the Yankee world we live in. Everything is Cashman's fault. Just like with, with, with Evan, it's always Mike's fault, it's always Brian's fault, you know.
1: It's, it's frustrating, too, because if you look at 2017, 2018, and 2019, and even 2020, um, we were really damn close. Yeah, getting to get into the World Series multiple times, and like Rob just said, injuries and other things—those are yeah. not Cashman's fault.
0: No, I know you they're know. not. I'm bit. No, I I know saw I know you were joking, but I'm just yeah.
1: saying in general, there are fans out there who are blaming Cashman for that reason. Yes, yeah. so we need to make it clear: it's not Cashman's fault. It's a combination of a lot of things. Like we say all the time, there are 29 other teams trying to win a world series. What are they going to just not be good or not get injuries? We have injuries and it's difficult because if you look at the type of player we have, we have pitchers who throw a hundred with no control. And we have guys who hit home runs and strike out a lot. And they're giants. They're fucking giants. They're six, seven. got two or three players that are six, seven. That's not a normal human being. I'm six three and I can barely get out of bed without fucking up my knees.
0: <laughs> you yeah. That's you know, the conditioning that's on the players' back. If the players can't uphold their end of their contract by not being on the field, that's their problem. That's not the organization's fault. The organization needs to tell them look, if you want to get paid, you got to play. you know if you're not going to perform, you're not going to play. you know you, you, you know I forget who was it was it Collins that one year? If you don't hit, you sit. You know, but that's, you know, we, we know Boone's not going to do that. He's not going to put anybody, you know, he's not going to be stern with anybody because Cashman, he doesn't want to upset Cashman.
1: I got a question for you guys. Whose injuries would you rather have on the team, Judge or Ioannis Cespedes? Judge. Exactly. Exactly, and yet we don't talk about how horrible Cespedes has been for the Mets. They just ignore the fact that that was one of the dumbest contracts ever. On top of the fact that he gets traded every other year because he's a pain in the ass on every team that he plays for.
3: He went AWOL last year. He didn't want to play. Just yeah.
0: just like, he didn't want to play.
1: He
3: team. He just yeah. went away.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up here. We're gonna pick. Up, I want to pick up on the uh, on Boone tomorrow. So. Tomorrow, we're going to evaluate how Boone is going to remain. Can Boone, with the roster that they have now, still get his third 100-win-plus season? Um, so we'll get into that tomorrow because I think Boone has really gone under the radar this offseason with what his capabilities are. So we'll get into that. So we behalf have everybody YankeeChronicles.com. I hope everybody has a good day. Stay smart. Stay safe. Have
1: a good day. Peace,
0: guys.